0: So press play on good sleep tonight because a good tomorrow starts with a good night's sleep. Just search for good sleep in your podcast app and be sure to pick the one from Optimal Living Daily. This is Optimal Living Daily, episode 1520, an excerpt from the book, Fear is Fuel, by Patrick J. Sweeney II, and I'm Justin Mollick. Welcome to Optimal Living Daily, the OLD podcast where I read to you from some of the best articles I can find with permission from the authors covering personal development or self-help, minimalism, anything I think will help you lead a more meaningful life and add some good thoughts for you every day. Occasionally, I read book excerpts, and that's the case today. I'll tell you about the author, Patrick, right after the excerpt, so for now, let's get right to it and start optimizing your life. An excerpt from the book, Fear is Fuel, by Patrick J. Sweeney II. Quote, We suffer more often in imagination than in reality. Seneca. Phil Hellmuth looked down the smooth green felt of the poker table. In the middle, a mountain of chips were just pushed to the center. All in, said the diminutive character sitting to Hellmuth's left. For a moment, Hellmuth observed, then oriented himself, trying to see if his foe was using an intimidation tactic, bluffing with this half-million-dollar bet, or if he really had Hellmuth's two-pair beat. Helmuth would go on to win the World Series of Poker 14 times, amassing a fortune of over $20 million playing cards. He believes that the secret to winning at poker is 30% reading the cards and 70% reading the opponents. Every player has a series of tells, their unconscious reactions to both good and bad situations. A great poker player can read those tells like a Hemingway short story. Slowly, Helmuth counted out a half million dollars of his own chips, preparing to call the bet. With a mind as fast as Big Blue, his statistical knowledge told him, with the cards showing on the table and what was in his hand, he had greater than an 87% chance of winning. Knowing the cards were only 30% of the equation, he didn't slide the chips into the center of the table just yet. He wanted everyone to think he was about to. Like an assassin having second thoughts before choking the life out of a sleeping victim, His hands stalled before they laced around each side of the stacks, ready to push forward and call the bet. His hands put enough pressure on the chips to advance them ever so slightly. As he initiated the push, he looked up and stared at his opponent's eyes. He focused again on his pupils. In that split second, Helmius noticed his opponent's pupils get bigger. He saw black flooding inside the icy blue iris and realized that the other player was watching something he liked. Helmuth's advantage was perceiving his opponent's positive response to counting out chips to call. When someone's pupils get bigger and you see more black, that generally means there's something good happening. When the pupils get smaller, something bad has just happened. Helmuth folded. The third player didn't fold. He went all in as well and lost $500,000 to the full house that their opponent was so happy to have in his hand. Knowing that tell, the change in his opponent's pupils, saved Helmuth half a million dollars and powered him on his way to slaying all the players in the tournament. Knowing your fear tells will save you a lifetime of mediocrity and senseless suffering. Poker players spend a lot of time looking for the reaction of their opponents. Some unconscious reactions can never be controlled. That's why you see so many players, including Helmuth, wearing dark glasses during games. They can't regulate the reaction of their pupils. It's not just pupils, there are all sorts of different tells. One player toys with her chips, one starts talking more, another bites her lip or doesn't move. Those are all actions that poker players call tells. You are going to use knowledge of tells, your own tells this time, and the same basic principle to build your courage. To live an absolutely extraordinary life, you need to know when fear, and more specifically the amygdala and limbic system, is trying to take over and make the choices and take action based on survival. The amygdala should be an early warning system, however, is designed to be a rapid reaction force for humans living in a much more dangerous world. You are going to figure out your unconscious physiological response to fear so you'll know when your amygdala has been activated and wants to take over. That two million year old piece of software sitting at the base of our brains wants to run the show when it senses a threat. Even if the threat has a one in 100 million chance of harming you, it doesn't care. Once that lizard brain and primal survival network has sprung into action, then you can make a choice, but most people never see it that way because they don't recognize their tells. You have the ability to use fear and the physiological change in your body as fuel, or you can be crippled by it. Creating the subtle awareness to notice slight changes in your physiology takes those who practice meditation years to master. Scaring yourself every day will shortcut that process by months and possibly years. Don't get me wrong, there are many times in your life when the fear response can be helpful, a burning building should cause you to flee, a gun pointed in your face should cause you to freeze. I'm not suggesting the survival instinct is always bad. I'm saying that it's always bad if you can't decide consciously to heed the message or not and get in control enough to make the best possible choice. Sensing something the amygdala thinks is dangerous, scary, or threatening triggers a reaction in your body for survival. Depending on how urgent a threat is, the physical reaction gets turned up higher and higher. If you step in front of a bus, The reaction is powerful enough to get you to jump out of the way, and that's good. When the amygdala is gradually activated by an email, a call, or a conversation and crosses the line to take over action, that's when we go from rational decision making to fear based actions. That point is our fear frontier, and often people don't know that threshold has been crossed. Unconsciously, we operate at less than full brain power when the amygdala is reacting. Most people don't understand that the neurological process of survival, the fear response, occupies precious processing energy in their brain. You are going to learn to turn that survival effort and energy into radically better decision-making capability. The first step toward the life of your dreams is hacking your mind to make the best decisions you possibly can at that moment of amygdala activation. It's not easy. Knowing when your amygdala is taking control and how to override it quickly to use the higher brain function is a cornerstone of optimal decision-making. That's the basis for using fear as fuel. I speak to more than 40,000 people every year, helping them learn to create the life, career, and company of their dreams. I always ambush a handful of unsuspecting victims to come up on stage and sing with me. Spoiler alert, we never actually end up singing, but public speaking and singing are among the most common fears. Even picking people from the audience gives an amygdala response without doing anything remotely dangerous or threatening. I scare people in real time. Like being dealt a pair of aces at the start of a poker game Getting scared has the same effect of unconsciously causing your physiology to change. You have your own distinctive physical tells when you get scared. You need to learn what they are and recognize them when they begin to manifest. When you let your fear reaction stay in charge, you make a choice to survive. Reaction is the opposite of a well-thought-out decision to thrive. Imagine one morning, half-awake, you open your front door and jump back uncontrollably when you see something long and skinny coiled in the grass. Had you stopped to take a snapshot of what you were feeling in that instance, you might notice your shoulders are tensed up pulling toward your ears, or your legs are shaking, your mouth was suddenly dry and your palms sweaty. Another person might feel nauseous or clamp his jaw tight. Those changes in your body are examples of your fear tells. You might also notice when you get an email from your boss's boss or a call from your biggest client that your shoulders tense up and you feel a tremble in the leg. Maybe not as much as when you thought the garden hose was a snake, but it's the same reaction. Your tells belong to you. You need to learn them and know when to jump back from a possible snake or take a moment to treat that upset client with caring and curiosity. You just listened to an excerpt from the book, Fear is Fuel by Patrick J. Sweeney II. Thank you to Patrick for the excerpt. Patrick contracted a rare form of leukemia and as that happened, his life began all over in a way. He interviewed three dozen of the world's top neuroscientists, and he breaks down what he's learned in the book, Fear is Fuel. And let's just say he's accomplished too many things for me to name, so check out fearisfuel.com to learn more about him. You can also find the book on Amazon. And again, that's fearisfuel.com. Definitely check it out and check out his story. But I'll leave it there for today. Hope you have a great rest of your day. Thank you for being here and listening to me and for subscribing to the show. And I'll be back tomorrow with another new author and where your optimal life Awaits.